We've all had losses in our lives, but one we are never ready for is the loss of a child and how you handle that with you and the rest of your family. It's not easy. We don't want to think about it. It happens. And with miscarriages and stillbirths, it happens more than you think. Today's a deep topic, and it might be hard to hear, but it's one that we need. We need to be prepared. Because this stuff can't happen, sadly, but we'll get through it together. Let's just get into it. Welcome, Daddios, to the Indie Dads Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Reese, a dad who's trying just like you. And this show is dedicated to the joys and challenges of fatherhood in Indiana and beyond. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Indie Dads Podcast, because when it comes to being a dad, we're all in this together. So as I mentioned in the intro, we're dealing and talking about loss today, and today we have a great guest, Andy Lehman, who hosts the Dudes and Dads Podcast, joins us and really dives into the loss he had of one of his childs. He had a st- just days away from the due date of his child. We dive into deep how it feels, how to handle it with you and your kids, and how to handle it as a dad. It's a great conversation. I'm so thankful for Andy for joining us and diving in and giving us a deep look into what he went through, what his family went through. This is something... That got me teary-eyed going through this, as I've had similar experiences that we will talk about. It's not easy, but it's something we need to realize can happen. All right, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. And let's start out with just the story behind how you became a dad. Awesome. So my wife and I have been married since 2004. And right away in 2005, we had our first kid. So like not much time between the fact of getting married and having a, our first kid. And, we, and then our, our second uh, son was born in 2007. So just right right after that. So we, we jumped into it real heavy from the beginning. We, we had a couple of kids right away. So that's, that's how I became a dad. But since then, we've had uh, a couple more kids. So we've got uh, five kids in total. That's awesome. We we did the same thing, jumped in. We actually had in our first year we had three pregnancies. Uh we lost okay. the first we lost the first two and then the last one we were able to have our first baby girl. So yeah. Awesome. We, we we jumped in two and then the next month, year and a half later we got the next one. So and just found out a few days ago our we got another one on the way. So Awesome. Well congratulations. Thank you. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. So mentioned a little bit you have five but uh you only mentioned four you want to go into that yes so so i, so I mentioned my two boys and then uh after that we had a girl in 2010 and we were you know at that point thought that we were going to be done uh that three was was good we didn't really know from there we figured maybe we'd adopt maybe we'd foster but we weren't really sure but we we, knew, we thought we were done with having natural pregnancies natural kids and then in August of 2013, we found out that that wasn't true, that my wife, Julie, was actually pregnant again. And so uh, so we were like ecstatic. And then in January of 2014, we found out that that was going to be a girl. So we'd have two boys 
and two girls. And they were like, that's great. My, our daughter can have another, another sister to play with. And so we, we had actually just moved into a new house at that point. And, and so we were trying to get the house ready and we were, because it was an older house. And so we had to do a lot of refurbishing to it before we could move in. And uh, on August 5th, which is like 19 days before the due date of, of Macy. So our, our fourth child is named Macy. Uh, my wife, Julie, had a midwife appointment and all looked really good. Like our, the heartbeat was strong, 136 beats per minute. Everything was great. And so, and then on April 10th, uh, Julie noticed that Macy's movements had slowed a little bit, but she was just thinking it's close to the end of pregnancy, the end of the pregnancy. And she also had a stomach bug at that point. So she was thinking, Hey, like not a big deal that the movements had slowed down. But then the next day we were working around the house here, trying to get some, the floors finished and Macy still wasn't moving very much. Uh, so my wife, Julie did a, a kick count and early she saw about three movements during that time she did a kick count. And so she, she called her midwife and her midwife sent her right to the hospital and said, just, just, we're, everything's good, but I, I just want to have them, ch them check just to make sure. And so we went to the hospital and we thought it was so much that it was so good that we were fine that we stopped for a double cheeseburger at Dairy Queen. Cause we're like, oh, we got time. Let's just go get some cheeseburgers before we, <laughs> before we go to the hospital. Cause we, it's fine. And got to the hospital, nurse came in and did a, a fetal heart monitor and Searched and searched and couldn't find a heartbeat. So she blamed it on, could be faulty equipment. We still weren't thinking a whole lot, but she said, hey, I'm going to have a doctor come in, do an ultrasound. And so he came in, did an ultrasound and searched and searched. And it felt like forever before he, he said something. And he said, you're not going to like what I have to tell you. I can't find a heartbeat. And at that point, like our world stood still. Like we had no idea. I mean, obviously just not very long before we were eating cheeseburgers, right? But we our world stood still so that was uh on the 11th and so then on the 12th our daughter macy was born at 10:02 p.m and she was seven pounds 14.4 ounces 20.5 inches we spent the next 24 hours making all of the memories that we could make with her so we got a chance to hold her body which uh, so some people uh, that may be strange but for us as her parents that was the only time this short 24 hours was the only time that we were going to have a chance to make memories with her. So we were doing things like taking pictures, having our kids come in and telling them the news. And that was, as a dad, that was heartbreaking. We had three kids that were real young at the time. And having this, say, this baby that we were hoping, we were talking about, isn't going to come home with us because she passed away. And and like I think I remember that for my my daughter, my old older daughter, because just a week before she was putting the final touches on their room together because they were going to share a room. And like, I know she didn't quite get it at the time, but we had to do the best that we could as parents to just tell her that it's not going to be the same. So that's, that's the story, the overview of the story. L later we do, we did end up having one more daughter. So we do have <laughs> two living boys and two, two living daughters, but that's, that's the basics of it. And uh, I mean, so sorry to hear about that. That's I know that'd be so difficult, especially being so close to the the due date and being all prepared. Was it? Did you like? Were you able to cope, really, or were you more focused on your kids that you did have? That's that's a situation we didn't have at the time. We didn't have any kids when we had right. our losses. I think it it was. I mean, definitely interesting because we 
Yeah, I mean, right at right at first, we in fact we had some really great friends. To at that point, we we're we we're part of a, a small church, uh, like a home church, and these friends were super close already, and they were all out on a like couples weekend. There's like four different couples, and they were all out on a, on a couples weekend, and. As soon as we called them, they, they, in fact, they were in the middle of dinner and they got up and left. And I think that they were in like Grand Rapids or some, somewhere a decent amount away, like an hour, two hours away and dropped everything, came home and came immediately to the hospital and were with us. So that, that helped cope. They were there and hung out with the kids a little bit, but I mean, at first we were so in shock that, that we didn't have a daughter that we're going to get to bring home that like that first 24 hours was just like making memories. We, my daughter and painted, painted her sister's toenails. We did a lot of holding and, and just trying to get as many people through the hospital as we could that wanted to hold her in that short amount of time. But I think afterwards, like once we got home and, and the reality set in that, that our daughter just died. And like, I remember specifically thinking like, do we have a funeral for like, I don't even know what, like what it comes next. And, and I was super grateful for the friends that we that, that came because like they literally took it and just basically said, okay, we'll help you plan this. Like you don't need to think much. We'll we'll try to do the planning. We'll ask you what you want, but we're gonna we're gonna help do the planning so you don't need to even think about that. So a lot of it was just focused around trying trying to, yeah, I mean, help our kids understand. And and I think it's hard to like as I think everyone grieves differently. And for for me and my wife, it worked out really well because like the statistics are insane for parent or for couples that end up getting divorced after a miscarriage or a stillbirth, just because it's hard when you're grieving to to have that relationship. And so like we knew and we knew that, and so we purposely dug into it with each other. And it and it was interesting because we found that like when one of us was having a really bad day or, or grieving. In, in you know hard way the other one was actually having an okay day and could support that person uh so so for us that it seemed kind of like a give and take thing one was in a good place one was not in a good place and then it, it would switch maybe day a day or two later maybe an hour or two later but it was really hard for us to help our kids grieve too because well us as adults can put some words to that our kids were really young and it was hard for them to put words to it to and it's hard to also to know if they were just acting out because they're kids or if they were acting out because they were grieving. So that, I think as a, as a dad, that was one of the hardest things for me too, is just knowing how to support them in their grief. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not only you having to grieve, but also grieve with your kids and like, right. I'm sure you guys cried together and had, had your moments together. It was just, and nothing, nothing heals that it doesn't ever go away. Just yeah. with time, it, with time, it, it gets a little less. That's all of it. Yeah, but that's. I mean, it's just something that I imagine. Did you guys end up having a funeral? Uh, we did. So, so we had a, a funeral. We have a, uh, a cemetery spot for her, which is interesting because, like, I was young enough at the time that I was just like, I hadn't been thinking about death. Like, mm-hmm. like it's it's one thing you think about when you're older, but and try to prepare for. But when you're when you're younger you don't really think about that. And so like, we didn't even know like what all that involved to go out and find a place. Luckily my wife 
the, the house that she grew up in was close to like a little, a little country cemetery. And so we ended up buying some plots in there and we both now have plots right there next to her. But yeah, it's one of those things that you just don't, you don't even know what to expect. Yeah. And we, uh, we had one for our, our first, uh, our first miscarriage. It was about 14 weeks. Mm. So there was a small body in, in the cemetery. They had a small section of children, most of mm. them stillborns or miscarriages and just like, we go and visit there and it's like almost sad to visit because there's more mm-hmm. and it's like you hate yeah. to see that and you know what those parents are going through now as you are a little bit farther reserved from it but that that is when it really hit me was when we had the funeral like i, I was numbed everything until we had the funeral and mm-hmm. i you know, was carrying the small casket it was just like that was the right first point for me and as a as a dad you don't ever think that you're going to have to bury your kids and so yeah i I did the same thing i got to carry the small casket from the car to the grave site and yeah it it was tough and then for me i found that like this the statistics are pretty high of of miscarriage and stillbirth like the one in i think it's one in four or one in seven pregnancies Mm -hmm. and but yet as a as a guy there's not a whole lot of resources out there for us no. Like my wife, my wife immediately got plugged into a group um, called Hope Mommies, which is great. And they do they a lot of support for, for moms, but, but me as a dad, I, I think that's probably due to, I, I'm an emotional guy, but a lot of guys, even then I find it hard talking about my emotions. Like mm-hmm. I'll show my emotions really easily, but, but it's hard for me to talk about them. And as, as a guy, like we don't, we just don't like to talk about our emotions. And so like, it's really hard for for guys to open up and say, Hey, I need help. And to even find other guys that, that have had the same, have gone through the same things or similar things to, to, to talk to So for us, we, we ended up finding a great group for our kids. Uh, there was a, a support group for grief of all sorts of, of different things in our area. And it's mainly geared for, for kids, but there was a, there was an adult group in that. So when we took our kids to in, their groups, we would go to the adult group. So that, that helped a little bit too for us. I found a I found a good support group that mm-hmm. with with that group for my kids that I was able to I was able to to find other guys that I could I could chat with. Yeah, and that, I think that's really important that uh, after we had our first miscarriage we posted about it on online and had a whole bunch of people message us that they'd been through similar situations and that was where I could find people that were a support like group or someone to talk to about this because otherwise I didn't know anybody because it's not a common thing that happens even though it is common but you don't know who actually does it because there was people in my family like my grandmother had a stillbirth I didn't know about that until this happened so it was obviously years years and years ago but still it's like these things just aren't talked about in family a lot and as guys we're not ready for it (laughs) I know they don't really teach us that growing up they're just Right. You have a kid, you, you get pregnant and you have a kid. Like they don't really tell you this this is a high possibility that this could happen. And we just I think a lot of guys are blindsided by it. Right. Sure. And I, yeah, and I think luckily like it seems like nowadays more people are talking about it. Like mm-hmm. you said your grandma had one and didn't talk about it. But I think nowadays more people are talking about it 
And so I think that pe people are able to offer help now because they are talking about it. And so like, I, for me, anytime I see any of my friends that or anyone that's on my Facebook or, or anywhere that I know of that, that has, that posts about something like that, I try to reach out to them, at least let them know that I'm, I may, I, I know I've gone through something similar. And so I'm willing to talk. And like, even if it's, I I've had it before where there's like a, a female that posts about it. And I say, Hey, look, like if your husband wants to chat, like I'm here because yeah. like, I know, I know us guys don't really talk about that. And so I've had a few people take me up on that. Yeah. That's, that's great. I'm, I'm the same way if I say that, cause it's, it's great to talk about. And just, I think that helps a lot in the, the healing process because it's so easy in, in those situations to bottle things up. It probably leads to the high divorce rates that happen afterwards. Yeah. You just, you're so focused on you or so focused, like in your case, you had other kids try to focus on them and you forget about your spouse very easily. You know, it's something like we, we had to work through as a early in our relationship as well. Yeah. I, I think that like the key thing that I learned is to keep the lines mm -hmm. of communication open uh, because that way your spouse knows what's going on in your heart and they can help better support you as I, I really do think that that's the reason that julie and i stayed married like one of the reasons we stayed married mm -hmm. because we were we were open and because otherwise you end up bottling those things up and then blowing up at each other and and you have this this anger that you don't really know like from the spouse point like you don't know what's causing it and because they just let it bottle up so it's it's super important to keep those lines of communication open yeah for sure and so you had one more after yeah and so how scared were you that whole time oh man <laughs> like like very very scared and and like so i we 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 were, we were part of a like we went to a, a midwife uh midwifery thing for for our those two kids and like every time we checked in it was like okay like i want to hear the heartbeat i want and and they did like they were super good at like checking every time and, and but what I didn't say before is there was like, there was no good reason for, for Macy to die. Like they, they said basically she wasn't getting enough oxygen and like there's causes for that, but my wife doesn't fit into any of those categories of, of the reasons that would cause it. So like we have, we had no good explanation. So that actually made the, the, the pregnancy afterwards more scary. Cause it was like, we don't know what we did. Like we didn't do anything wrong, but we don't know what we can do to not have that happen. And so it was just watching and making sure that, that it was still good. And so, yeah, it was, it was very scary. And then I, I remember my, we were in one meeting and I had just left. I had to go back to work and my wife recalls the midwife coming in and saying, Oh, your, your husband left already. And she was like immediately like scared because she didn't know what was going on or why the midwife would come in and say that it turns out they ended up finding that that my our last child had a cleft lip and palate which again like com compared to the pregnancy before like we'll take it like it, okay. it's fine no worries but but just it was a, another challenge afterwards another challenge but but it was okay but yeah it was the whole pregnancy was very very like made us nervous okay. but the the cool thing that that happened so the midwife that actually delivered macy wasn't on call when Hattie, our last daughter, was born, but they they called that midwife in just so she could come and actually do the the actual delivery mm. because it was a redemption thing for her too. Because it was like I think it was one of her first 
the first time that she had dealt with it and, and her midwife, you know, dealt with the stillbirth. And so it's redemption for her to be able to come back and and deliver our our daughter. And so it it was it was great. And it was again a sigh of relief when she came out and she was crying and everything was good. Yeah, that uh uh when we after we like I said, we had three pregnancies in one year. <laughs> and that last one was just we we got to that past the first trimester. We're like, okay, we're gonna be okay. <laughs> and then the next yeah. one, okay, it's like okay, we're good. And my my uh my wife even got that little heartbeat monitor thing. We uh-huh. got one for home so she could just do that whenever she's she nervous. Yeah. But that's also can be bad because if she's doing it wrong, she can't <laughs> Right. <laughs> so yeah. it it was just uh, yeah, that that was definitely hard. And I'm I mean, I was I'm happy to hear that it worked out, but that's mm-hmm. that it is one of the most nerve wracking things. And now that we're pregnant again, we're back into it. I'm trying not to be nervous, but yeah. It's been two or three years since our last pregnancy and so it's like things could have changed and we're just trying to mm-hmm. hope that cross our fingers nothing and I, bad happens again and I, I think if if you take those steps and like you you've you've successfully had it one time and not saying like mm-hmm. that something couldn't happen again but like that 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 everything did work out there and so it does bring a little bit more ease ease to this pregnancy mm-hmm. i again i would assume i don't know because i we've <laughs> only had the one pregnancy afterwards so yeah. and, and we are we are done now so but <laughs> yeah. but yeah it it yeah it definitely was was harder that 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 second time like you said there's usually not a reason for these like mm-hmm. they can't predict it they can't test for it or anything there's nothing that you can do especially with miscarriages because they usually happen earlier but even with right. stillburns, you just you just don't know. And mm-hmm. like, like even we made it to the hospital for our first, and she was having a lack of oxygen and had to have an emergency C-section. Mm-hmm. So it was just like things happen so fast, and you just never know. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a, it's a glorious thing when it happens. It's amazing all the little steps that have to go to have a, a beautiful child. But yeah, it, it's a scary yeah. thing as well. I, I think for us, one of the things that, that helped us like af- afterwards too. So we, we made a purpose to always say her name and we invite mm-hmm. everybody, our friends to say, to say Macy's name, because for us, like it, it's a child, like mm-hmm. your, your first couple pregnancies that didn't result in a, a living breathing child, like are still your mm-hmm. children. Right. And they're still people. And so as as parents who have gone through stillbirth and, and miscarriage, like we want everybody else to to treat our child the same as they would if it was living. Like they, like you saying her name isn't gonna make me hurt anymore. Like mm-hmm. it, it's good. It's actually good to know that you're caring enough to to be able to say to say her name. And so mm-hmm. for us, we always continued that. We continued with our other children, like. We we had a picture because we had our, one of our friends as a, as a photographer, and he said this is one of the hardest things he's ever done. Mm-hmm. But he he came in and took pictures in in the hospital with us and with Macy, and so we have we have those pictures because that's all we have, right? We only have those pictures in, in our memories, and so for for the longest time we we had a picture that we would take with us anytime we got a family picture taken. Mm-hmm. We'd we'd take that picture and and hold it up because she's part of our family. Uh, and and so that's one of the things that, that we did to begin with to just include her and keep her memory going. Because uh, we wanted to 
we wanted to include her in our, our family team. And so we've, we've come up with traditions. We, on, on Christmas day, we end up taking a cup of hot chocolate and a toy out to the cemetery and dropping it off and, and just spending a few, few minutes out in the cemetery. Uh, our kids don't necessarily like that at this point because they're cold. <laughs> it gets cold in Indiana, it's a uh, but, but we, we, we go ahead and, and, and try to still include her in things, those things. It, it, what's interesting to me is our youngest daughter who wasn't even alive when Macy died has still has this relationship with her. Well, while she didn't get to meet her here, she didn't get to hold her body, but she still, she still talks about her sister, Macy. And what's funny is it's just candid too. Like mm -hmm. she's, she'll be going into second grade now. And sometimes she'll be like, yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a sister that died. <laughs> like just like <laughs> things that like you wouldn't think kids that age would, would talk about or have to deal with, but she just like, yeah, I got, I got a sister mm -hmm. as a sister. And, and so it, that's, that's one of those, those things that we've we've done to try to to help and i, and I think it really has like yeah. i mean don't get me wrong there there's still times that happened in 2014 and in 2023 there are still days that i have not not necessarily days but moments that i have that i still end up in tears even even preparing for this talking to you a little bit like i was reading through some of the stuff that we had written down just to make sure i had all my facts things straight and everything and like I found myself in tears a little bit, yeah. but it's not the same as it was back in 2014 in July uh, yeah. or six months afterwards or whatever. It's not nearly as as often, but it does come every now and then. And all of a sudden you just realize, oh, man, I'm I'm in tears. And I like, I didn't think that this was going to affect me this way, yeah. but it, but it does. Yeah, it's just those little things like for us, it's, uh, my wife would listen to the Tarzan song. You'll be in mm. my heart while she was pregnant. And so whenever that song came on, and we actually put that on the tombstone, that's mm. that song. And so it's that song's always triggering for us <laughs> when we hear that. I'm sure. But it's just little things like that are uh, little triggers that come back. So it's it's nice too to know that like they're still there, that they still mean something to you, that, that you still have those moments. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like you said, with your your kids being like connected to her, our daughters will just like they're four and three, and so. We, we try to go visit them, take them to go visit uh, Gabriel and Isabel is their names. And we take them up there and like, they'll draw pictures without prompted. They're like they're coloring pictures. It's like this one's for Gabriel and this one's for Isabel. Oh, like, that's <laughs> awesome. So, so next time we take them, we take them up. And so it's like, they're developing that relationship like your daughter was. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's always nice to, for them to know. And like, it's, it's always like a, you think about like, you lose other friends and families along your life and you talk you always talk about the memories you have with them or stories you did and that's how you keep their memory alive and everything and it's harder when it's someone you didn't really have that much time with and right so but just those feelings you have when you do cry or when you do get emotional are those moments to come back to definitely so now that your kids are getting older and you're, you're done having kids how how are you feeling about the future for your family? Oh man, uh, I mean, I'm excited for it. So my my oldest is is 17. He'll be 18 in December, and it's like I'm start. So I'm at both ends of the spectrum because I have he's he's almost 18, and my youngest is just going into second grade. And so, like, there's this this realization for me that it's like, man, I only have a short amount of time with my oldest now before he's off and doing his own thing, and and so it's this realization that like, I just need to spend 
and make the most time that I can with my family. Right. So like, I'm trying to do the best I can to make memories with all of them, but especially him knowing that mm-hmm. he's growing up and he's about hope so probably leaving the house at some point here. And so, yeah, it's definitely interesting trying to, to manage that and get to the point where I'm getting ready to, to send one out into the world. Yeah. Are you, are you more nervous or scared about him leaving you on his own? <laughs> uh, a little bit. I'm, I'm probably nervous. Just, just based on the fact that like, I, I'm, well, I guess I'm trying to, for me, let go too. So like, Mm-hmm. try to let him just make more of his own decisions like he's almost 18 like i gotta yeah. let him make these decisions <laughs> but but that's hard as, yeah. a, as a parent you don't want to see your kids fail you don't want to see him hurt and so like i'm trying to go okay yeah he's gonna have to make these decisions on his own and at some point here soon he's gonna yeah be doing them on his own and so gotta let him do that now as the hardest thing is to know your kid is making a mistake and it's and uh-huh. you just you have to let them do it because Frankly, at that age, they're probably not going to listen to you very much. Right, um, right. And so you got you to gotta let them make a mistake and hope they learn from it and that it's not too bad. Yeah, definitely. So that, that's good. Yeah, that's where I'm, I'm at right now. Yeah, so that's, that's definitely, a, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Just, I get so excited to see my kids grow and they grow so fast. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like the time flies, but like, I'm just like enjoying every day as it comes. I think that's mm-hmm. the best we can do and try to make, make memories. Cause I feel like that's what we remember. Like I look back on my childhood and I remember the, the, the events we went to or stuff. I don't remember just sitting on the couch. I do remember sometimes, but, mm-hmm. but I don't remember just sitting on the couch or be having a lazy day, which are nice sometimes, but like, I just remember like more of the experiences we have. It didn't have to be like going to Disney world could have just been right. like going on a hike somewhere or going camping. It doesn't have to be something expensive and extravagant, but that's definitely something I'm excited for, all, all the experiences that come. Well, and I think too, like going through something like stillbirth or miscarriage makes you just realize how short life is too. And so mm-hmm. for me, I want to make those memories because I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. promised tomorrow, if, if I'm not going to be here tomorrow or one of my kids or my wife, like, they and I don't not to be morbid about it, but you just don't know. And yeah. so I don't want to go through life and think, man, I wish I did this, or man, I wish I had more time with them. I want to do that now because again, you just don't know when your time is up. Yeah. And what one of my greatest fears is passing away earlier than tomorrow. It could be tomorrow, it could mm-hmm. be when I'm ninety or who knows, but like doing it early and my kids grow up and I'm not around as they're growing up. And so like, like a a secondary thing to starting this podcast was like, this will always be something they can listen to. If something does happen to me, it's like, they can always hear my voice. They can always go back to that. And then bonus it's like, I talk about being a parent and I'm not there for them during that part. They can at least hear me give advice on here. And so I, Mm -hmm. I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like, I always th- thought about like actors and musicians, like when they pass away, at least their families get to see them all the time in movies. And now we have so many cameras, YouTube, everything. You can be like that where they can go back and see a lot of that stuff. And I try to do that with my parents. because I don't mm-hmm. want to have those memories with them too. Yeah, definitely. So overall, I know you've had this challenge, but what's been the biggest surprise for you in being a parent oh man 
Uh, that's a really good question. I would say my biggest surprise is just seeing, I don't know, like our kids interact with each other and like as they're getting older, like the friends that they're making, because we, we can only as parents guide and shepherd to a point, right? Like we can only, we can pass our values on to them. We can, we can teach them the ways, but at some point they're going to step out. And like I said, my oldest son is going to step out here soon. But so I've been surprised just with the different friendships and relationships that they've made. And then with each other too, like, it's cool to watch my, my kids have a, like my boys definitely have a, a strong relationship. They're, they, they're, they're in the same room and they're in, in high school together and they're, they live in the same room. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they, they've got a, a pretty good relationship, but then even like the way that they react in their interact with each other, like they may be fighting one day, right. Mm-hmm. With, with their sisters or whatever, but then like the next day they'll be like almost best friends with them. So it, it, it surprises me and it's good to see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one aspect I didn't think about, like as parents, like you, know, you have multiple kids and seeing their relationship, I always just think of kids individually before because mm. I was just a <laughs> dumb kid myself. And so seeing my kids have their relationship, they're really close. They're a year and a half apart, so they're going to be pretty close, hopefully not at each other's throats <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I, know, I know there are times right now, but <laughs> there are those moments that I can see that they're going to go through a lot of stuff together because they're so close in age. And they live in the same room too. And so they're going to be in that similar situation. I'm excited for them to grow. And like my dad's talked about to me how much he enjoys watching me and my sister, how our relationship grew as we got mm. became adults because she's four years older. So there's a little bit of a gap. But as we both became adults, we would do stuff together and spend time together and grow in our relationship. And that's it's really great to see that. And that it'll probably happen more as your kids get older and they all become adults and Mm -hmm. they'll grow even closer together. Yeah. And and like, I I think about the relationship like I have with my sister and we're two years apart and and the same thing, like we had a pretty good relationship growing up. We had a lot of the same friends and are still like pretty close to this day. Like she doesn't live here in Indiana, but she does visit, you know, a couple of times a year. And it's almost always seems like we stay up late and we chat and, uh, we're hanging out and reminiscing about high school and the stuff mm-hmm. that we did in high school and the friends that we had and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I just hope that same thing for, for my kids that they can have that relationship with, with their siblings that, that at when, when they get together, when they're 30 or 40, that they're staying up till wee hours in the morning and hanging mm-hmm. out and just reconnecting. Yeah. That's always, I feel like that's a, a sign of your parenting as well as like, I think good parents, you see it in how much their kids want to come back and how much their kids like uh, want to be a part of the family. If you're, if you have a bad home life, you obviously don't want to go back to that. Right. If you have, if you have a good home life and you have good parenting, then you're going to have kids always coming back. Cause you always talk about 18 and they're gone. Like, well, probably they're going to come back. You'll never see them again. Yeah. So that's 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 how I look at it, and that's how, like my goal because I don't want my kids just run off and leave. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I don't either. I want I want them to be around and and want to hang out with me. Gotta be that cool dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what, what would you say? Would I know you mentioned some advice before, but what would you say would be the advice you would give to other dads? Oh man, I I think some advice that I I would give would just be 
make sure you like, especially now it's really easy to just be on our phones, right? Mm. It's it's, and I catch myself doing it. So just checking Facebook, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would say you need to be present with your kids. So if that means putting your phone down when you get home, and that's a hard thing to do, but if that means putting your phone down when you get home and not checking it until 10 minutes before bed or whatever, or after they go to bed. And then that's hard. And some of that's even harder now because my kids are old enough that sometimes they're up later than I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm, sometimes I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. make sure that you lock the door and turn the lights out when you go to bed because yeah. I'm going to bed now. <laughs> but, but I, I think just spending that time with them, don't, don't be checking your phone. Like let them know that, that they're important. And when they ask you to do something, if, if at all possible, do it with them. Right. I mean, like you can't always, always do that. I think, my youngest daughter a lot of times will be like, Hey, come play with me. And it's like, I'm, I'm working right now. Like I, I literally yeah. am like doing my, my job. Like I can't do that right now or, or, or whatever. So, but if at all possible do it. And if you can't maybe say something like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this for my job right now. So I'm, I'm a little bit tied up, but how about we do it in an hour or set a time time. Don't just tell them no. Yeah. And so like, yeah, just be present with them. Put the phone down. Yeah, that's that's a that's a challenge I have too. Yeah, I, I set up things do not disturb, so when I do put it down, it doesn't go off. But it's still it's just a a bad habit we all have gotten into where you just are always checking it. Like just yeah. for the time, you can check it, and then oh look, there's a message or <laughs> there's a notification. Right, it's, it's just awful. So go ahead. <laughs> one thing one thing I've done is I like I've literally set it down in my bedroom, so it's not on mm. me. So I don't know what's happening. And, and like you said, doing do not disturb helps because then it can hide your notifications. And so that way you don't necessarily even see them. So, so yeah, if, and it's, it's weird. The first couple of times you try that and put that down, you're like, where, where's my phone at? And yeah, uh, but you have to resist that urge, I think, to go back and check it. Yeah, it is definitely a challenge. And one, I think, uh, I think we all struggle with yeah. in this day and age. So normally I like to end these on a fun question. I know we sure. talked about some hard things today, but let's, <laughs> let's end it on a high note, fun note. Who sure. would you say is your favorite TV or movie dad? Oh man. Uh, oh man. Uh, TV or movie dad. That's a really good one. So this is weird. So like, uh, like we didn't really talk about this, but I do my own podcast too. And we always end on, <laughs> on like a pop quiz type thing. And so I'm always the one giving these questions. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I, heard, I heard some of those. I'm, I'm on the receiving end now, and it's a little bit weird. TV, movie, or dad. So I really like the movie Bedtime Stories. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, mm-hmm. but the the dad in that movie when the kids were young. So when Adam Adam Sandler was young in, in that mm-hmm. movie, like he just seemed like a really cool dad. Like, he was always involving the kids. He had a hotel, but he didn't let the the business of it mm-hmm. get in the way. Like he always had them doing things and, and taking the taking the luggage for the people and and just being fun with his kids. And so that's I I want to be a dad who who is fun but can but can also teach my kids lessons. But be fun. Like I think that that's it. That's important. I think too many people are stuck in their like work schedules and just. Or, or or their own their own things and not necessarily having fun with their kids. So I want to be that dad that's that's fun too. Yeah, that that's a good one. I that was a deep cut too. That it is a good one. I, I I love those dads that just like uh another one I can think of is like the 
one dad phil from modern family is a fun dad huh. just just those dads are are fun i try i try to do that a lot and just i know moms hate it. it's like you're the fun one and i'm the mean <laughs> one but hey i'm the one know. that has to put them to bed and yeah <laughs> but hey that's 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 where we're we're at and that's that's great to have and this is, uh like like you mentioned before before we go you want to mention your podcast it's a great one that i think our dads would enjoy listening to as well Sure. So I, I co-host a pod and produce a podcast called the Dudes and Dads podcast. So you can find that anywhere you get podcasts at and on YouTube uh, and or dudesanddadspodcast.com uh, is a good home base for that. But we do a, a podcast every other week and we talk, we, we do a lot of different topics. So most of the time we're talking with with guests that we ha- think have a great story. I think everybody has a good story, has a story to tell. And so friends of ours, people that we want to become friends with, we chat with because they have good stories. And so uh, we do that. And some sometimes it's just the two of us talking and we talk about different topics that relate to dads. Yep. So, yeah. And I, I've listened. So any dads out there, it's a good one to go check out as well. Because it's, again, two two guys from Indiana talking about yep. uh, being a dad as well. So it's, it's a great, great one to go listen to. So, uh, Andy, I want to just thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And I, I'm, I got a lot out of this, so you uh, helped me. Wow. Thank you so much, Andy, for joining us. I'll put a link to his podcast, Dudes and Dads. They also have an episode where Andy dives into this topic as well. And they have great episodes with great dads diving into multiple topics. And it's another great show. They're both indie, indie dads. They're both from Indiana. And they just want to talk about being a dad and grow the community of dads that want to be better and it's great to hear i'm glad that there's another podcast like that that's able to connect with so many people and make dads better and if you have any issues with this like we talked about in the show if you dealt with the miscarriage if you dealt with the stillbirth or any other kind of loss like this feel free to reach out to us i'm not an expert i'm not a psychologist i'm not anything but i'm someone that's been through it and I actually do like to help because as we spoke about during our conversation, not having someone to talk to about it, not knowing who to reach out to is difficult. So if you are struggling, if you have gone through this and it's more recent because time does help, it always helps to talk about as well, then feel free to reach out to us. On our website, you can leave us a voicemail or email on our contact page, IndieDadsPodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, Any Dad's Podcast, at all those locations, and you know, DM or message us on the on those uh, social medias. We'd love to hear from you. You're not alone if you've been through this. If you haven't, you know, that's okay too. You know, it that well, not all of us have to go through this. It's not something that we need to go through, and it's just always. Nice to hear, because even though these are, we talked about miscarriages and stillbirths, throughout our whole lives, there's always chances that, you know, our kids could pass away through car wrecks or crazy illnesses or crazy accidents that we don't see coming. And, you know, it's scary. It's part of life. It's a part of being a parent. And we all hope that we pass away before our kids. We hope. That doesn't always happen. And, you know, it's something that, Sadly, we have to be prepared for, and we don't want to. 
and it's 100% understandable and don't feel bad about that because we're all in this together and a dad's work is never done.